Nowadays, you can actually play a real-time computer game against an opponent anywhere in the country. Wendy Woods tells us how. Greetings and welcome to another exciting episode of Pretentious Internet Theatre. I am your host, Andrew Cook, a man so leet I do not care that my previous host tried to kick me off the internet. You just can't keep me down. Tonight, we focus on a couple of stories dedicated to the anime saga XL World. XL World recently ended at 24th episode, and on his Twitter, Reiki Kawahara said, XL World 24 is over, and the series with it. To the staff who made it, the cast, and the people who've watched it until now, thank you. I think I'll carry on tweeting about animation from now. Which is great that XL World managed to end at episode 24 when there were still unanswered plot points. And I'm so happy that there are hundreds of episodes of Naruto I can watch anyway. Such loss reminds me of a quote. It is by Jean de la Fontaine, who said, Sadness flies away on the wings of time. Let us not be sad, for this is the fall of pit and a time of celebration. And of course, remember, you can always follow this podcast on Facebook, Pretentious Internet Theatre. You can always... Follow me on Twitter at the Pit Podcast. Email us at thepitpodcast at gmail.com and listen to this program where you can when I post them on my Facebook. For now, enjoy. Pretentious Internet Theatre proudly presents Training by XX Eccentric Writer XX. Author's Note. I'm sorry, XD, mostly eccentric. Had this in mind for a while. <clears throat> the area was bright and beautiful. You were just sitting and relaxing, but you could never truly do that in here. Even if it was a perfect view that looked like someone had just drawn it. When you're in a survival game, it sort of loses its beauty. Brain Burst may have been hand digitized by some artist who was into VMMPGSs. But it's also a dangerous game. Throughout the plane were monsters' enemies, waiting to attack an unfortunately nearby player. Many players ran through the area, either hunting and or fighting another, or teaming up and attacking monsters for the experience and points. This was the case for Olive Sharp and her parent, Grey Snipe. Oh, that's not Ox-centric, that's original character-centric. Mm. The two met up at Olive's home, direct connected and unlimited busted. Olive's first time, the ex-level 3 had leveled up just the day before and her parent had set up plans for training right after. Nervous and excited for the new experience, the child wasted no time in tugging her parent to the couch and plugging their neuro-linkers up to one another. The first few minutes were of Olive's shop, admiring the details of Grey Snipe, explained 
multiple things having to snap his fingers a few times to regen his protégé's attention. If pictures could be taken in such an area, Olive would have taken a million and posted them to her blog within seconds. Of course, she would have loved to have her burst linking party with her for her first unlimited burst, but Colonel Grey Snipe insisted on it being her and him. Least she be distracted and have an overload of excitement, she would hear no end from her best friend of not inviting him. And then the others would congratulate her and give tips once she told them Olive Sharp was the second lowest in the group and the second less knowledgeable on the deeper things of Brain Burst. It seemed like everyone else was a lot more mature and stronger than her since they gained the unlimited burst ability. She felt like the little kid who wanted to be like everyone else. When you turn level 4, this ability will be a favorite one out of all you have in the game. She remembered Carol's words during her first few months in the game. They were together at his family's estate, out of one of the many gardens, complete with a pond and koi fish. The orange-red-haired boy was in some sort of kimono, while she was in soft shorts and a tee. The moment had felt so serene and dramatic for her. Anyana, unlimited bursts by burst links are so mature and brilliant. You may stay in the unlimited field for as long as you like, and barely an hour or two may pass in the real world as it would maybe a, a couple of years in there. But there are consequences. You would forget what you were doing in the real world, and you would be changed mentally. He continued to lecture her as he fanned his face with one of those round fans Japanese people used. <clears throat> Anyana had been lying on her stomach, chin in her right hand and her left hand playing in the pond with fish as she listened. It was so exciting to hear her senpai talk in-depth world of the brain burst. So you mentally age in the unlimited field? How old are you? She asked with a burning curiosity. Cairo had looked up in the sky, watching the clouds and birds move, the nearly blooming sakura tree dropping its last petals as he calmly answered, Physically, I am fifteen, but mentally, I am in my late twenties. Anyama stared at him, stared at him with an intense glare and admiration. This whole scene was gay? You are the gayest, cheesiest guy I've ever met. I'm sorry, what the hell did I just read? What the hell are you wearing anyways? If you didn't look girly enough, oh, fuck the fish bit me, little jerk. The American continued to swear and criticize the whole moment. Why were things so anime-like with Karu? The upperclassman had sighed in annoyance. His child was too whitewashed to understand a good moment when she had one. Though she lacked confidence and esteem, she was quite the random one. Were all California lowercase girls like this? From what Ayana had told him, some Cali girls were, apparently, it depended on their daddy. But now here she was in the limited field after Grey Snipe explained about monsters, teams, and what usually was done here. They set out to find a low-level enemy to fight. They did find one, and of course Olive Sharp was able to engage in combat with it. After a few exchange blows, help from her parent with attacks of tips, and a few steps taken, Olive had tripped over something. Said something turned out to be a bigger enemy 
then its target was now her. So now, here they were, running from cover and screaming. Y'all not really like girls. Grey Sniper activated his Gravity Defy and exhaled the air a few inches and was able to take cover in a building, clinging to it as he climbed up it. He caught his breath within a few pants and looked to where his charge was. Couldn't have been a more funner or pathetic scene. The olive-armored player was running in a circle round the building with the enemy right behind her, its tentacles keeping a good pace of pulling its large spherical body. Grey, help me! Olive Sharp cried as she ran. Grey Snipe sighed and shook his head at the show. Could he beat that beast being level 7 and having much experience with them? This seemed like good experience gained for Sharp. Just keep running. You're physically unfit anyways. He yelled He yelled back at her, cuffing one hand around where his mouth was covered with armor. His other cling to the building. You do! She screamed, sounding as if she was crying now. Probably was scared out of her wits, poor girl. Sadly, she had a Spartan trainer for a guardian. When he watched the child try... Now fight the monster, Grey Snipe became aware there was now an eerie, dark feeling close by. He scanned around the area with his assassin eyes and noticed that there were some enemies crawling off somewhere and other higher-leveled ones were coming closer. That did not sit well with him. He had to save Olive. Before he could climb down and snatch up the weaker player, it was a flash of purple-black and the sun above was blocked out for a moment by a shadow. Both were terrible signs of the current moment, and although the higher-level player had been waiting for this day, it was not the best scenario. Olive, climb the building! Grey Snipe yelled as he slowly made his descent to grab her. I can't! The beast is fast! She screamed back. She had gone to slash at her offender, but her blade was smacked out of her hand and engraved itself into the building's side, not too far from Grey. Suddenly, another flash of black and purple. The monster was cut in two with a white piercing light. To indicate such, Olive Sharp stood there in awe as the Black King stood barely a foot or two away. She was so gorgeous with her sharp black and purple colors gleaming and her body so curvy. With an elegant turn of her neck, the Black King was staring straight at Olive Sharp, causing fear to run up the weaker Avatar's body. Was the level nine going to attack her? She didn't even have a blade with her. It was lodged in the building. Suddenly, the Black King changed her view to the sky, and the sun was blocked out once more by the shadowed figure of a bird. Or what looked like a bird. Olive watched the figure's shadow fly across the floor over her. Then, she looked up, and was once more in awe. Above them was the legendary flying avatar, Silver Crow. His wings opened wide as he hovered in the air, looking down at her and the Black King. You are the close combat type, yes? A voice of Velvet asked. It took Olive a moment to realize it was the Black King addressing her. Finding her voice was near choke. Olive shot and nodded. The Black King then looked to Grey Stripe and he unlodged his child's sword from the building and made his way to the floor. Th th thank you for saving me. The Olive Avatar tried to talk, but she was in so much awe, admiration, and fear that it came up stuttered and slightly choked. Do not thank me. You were in no true danger. That enemy was quite easy to outrun. I merely took some points for myself, the king said nonchalantly. Grace Knight 
was now next to his child. Pulling her up from behind and returning her blade, he looked to the Black King and bowed his head slightly. It's an honor to see you once more, Black Lotus. Thank you for saving my child. As I said, it's nothing to thank for. She kept her sharp sword arms at her sides, but Olive knew what crazy, dangerous attacks could be done with them. Wait, did Kyrer just say once more? Sharp looked to snipe with a quick snap of her neck. You've me! There was a soft, barely noticeable sound of wings flapping, and Silver Crow was beside his parrot, his wings behind him, and her, like a cape of silvery light. Within a second, his wings were gone and there stood the thin, wiry frame of Silver Crow. He stood there, refined and strict-looking. Olive wondered who could be traumatized to sprout such beautiful wings. I see you've chosen a child, Grey Snipe, kept his voice calm and motionless as always. Yes, you as well, quite the change from before, Black Lotus replied just as calmly. We were just training, and if you don't mind, we must continue before time flies. The remark from Grey made Black Lotus chuckle lightly, and Silver Crow stifle back laughter. Yes, continue. I'll be in contact soon. Train her well. Black Lotus turned to leave, Silver Crow turning his body slightly to face his parents. I will. Goodbye, Black King. Grey Snipe bowed slightly. Bye. Olive Sharp able to choke out. She sounded so pathetic. What made it even more embarrassing was the way her hand weakly pulled itself up in a wave. Black Lotus gave a glance to Olive and then dashed off. That was very cool. Silver Crow put a hand up shyly and gave a slight wave before he sprouted his wings once more. Bye, he said as he hovered slightly, then soared up high. They watched him fly off after his parents and out of their sight. After a few minutes, Olive Sharp looked at Grey Snipe and gave a squeal. Now, they are cool. And I'm not. He put up a hand as if hurt. Anyana took a few steps forward, where the duo had left. You're pretty cool and cheesy. And that negates the cool. No, it doesn't. She put her free hand up on her hip. And I dip you dip we dip. You said once more to Black Lotus, you've met her before. Grey Snipe turned his head towards the left and nodded, not exactly tall. To say, he walked ahead of his child. She turned as he passed her. We've crossed paths a few times. From what I've learned, I've got brain burst just a month or so after she. We dueled once and both were at level three and she won. I was quite close. She was more strategic than I. After that, we saw one another here, and both became level 4. We'd give simple nods to one another and be off with our tasks. That is all. And this is the first time we actually talked and seen one another since she betrayed the other kings. Olive Sharp nodded, her other hand swirling her blade absent-mindedly. It was very exciting that her parent knew one of the seven kings, especially since it seemed to be on good terms, too. Suddenly, Another question came to mind. Why did she ask my type and that said she'd be in contact? She also told you to train me well. Training part is just being polite. It's a thing parents say to one another. As for your type, she was just making small chat. And for the contact part, well, that would incline that she had her eyes on us and joined the Black Legion. Since she talked about you most, maybe she wants to recruit you. 
Well, that would explain why she wants you to train me well, so I can become a strong ally. Olive Sharp theorized, excited at her own thoughts. Then she calmed down and sighed. Or maybe she's just really polite and sees us as decent allies. Either way, I would like to know her. The level four sighed dreamily. Let this be pushed for later, and let's get back to training. There are weaker enemies here that we can hunt, and this time, we'll be more cautious. Grace Knight then changed the subject and walk onwards. Come along, Olive Sharp. There was much to see, and we only have an hour until your father comes home. Olive Sharp nodded and ran after her parent. This game just keeps getting better and better. The end. Pretentious Internet Theatre proudly presents 33% by XX Eccentric Writer XX. Author's Notes. After let's start up some XL World fan fiction. This fandom probably won't get much fan fiction. I just have a hunch. But I really like the pairing and wanted to put a story of them. I lucaid at my 100 theme challenge and when I thought 33 as the number 11 I thought of Excel World since in the light novel Tahay referred to their HP in percentages and this came out sorry for any words missing but FF tends to like doing that he shifted his gaze up into his health bar 33% he was left with 33% of health and his opponent had at least 50% left. Could he win? Of course he could. He was determined to. He looked back at his challenger, Olive Sharp. She was a level 3 burst linker, with her username implied. Olive armor, and sharp points at her shoulders, elbows, hips, and knees. The sharp boots that were hips looked like a skirt. The ones at her elbows made it look like she was wearing gloves ones at her knees made it look like she was wearing boots. Still have hope of winning, Silver Crow? She taunted him. One hand was at her hip and the other shifted a giant blade as if it were a feather. Okay, wait just a minute. You're gonna make me go back, aren't you? She was level four in the other story, and it was the first time she ever met Silver Crow. All of a sudden now, what is she, down level? What? <clears throat> and no, Silver Crow would kill you. Always, don't underestimate me. Replied back with as much confidence as he could muster. He was tired, his limbs echoing pain throughout his bones. But a silver lining, pun not intended, was ready. The overdrive bar was full. He could use it. He could fly and win this battle. His back heated up slightly. He felt as something was tickling him from the inside. That soon faded, and his wings shot out. His heart raced with thrill and pain he felt before, and his limbs disappeared. Tick! Olive Sharp knew she had to become more focused now. She was hoping he wouldn't hit his overdrive. But it was just something to keep her calm. She, being the close combat type, would inflict more damage. But it quickened the overdrive percentage faster than usual. She had tried to finish him off quickly. But he was a good blocker, and could keep his own in battle. Though, he being a level weaker than her. 
maybe she was maybe she was defeated by him in this story. Went down to zero points, and somehow they found a way to put this system back in. With a high jump off the ground, Silver Crow soared high into the sky. He looked down at the arena, setting his opponent, but now as small as ants, keeping his eyes on Olive Sharp, went for a dive bomb kick. She kept her stance and pulled up her blade to deflect the kick. She'd lose some health. Wouldn't be done for. When the attack hit her, it hit her hard. So hard, she was pushed back a couple of feet. He stood there now, body in a battle stance. She simultaneously looked up at the health bars. 33% for both. One more blow, and one of them could easily win. Especially her, since her damage skill was higher. She shifted her blade, the ginormous thing with a pointed end, to her right hand and pulled it back for a lunge attack. He, in turn, stretched one foot back and readied his special attack, a headbutt that could break the most hardest of armor. One decisive move. Silver Crow was determined to win. He had two or else he'd lose major burst points and be like a sitting duck for anyone else to challenge and force his brain burst application to be uninstalled. Olive Sharp, on the other hand, wasn't so afraid of losing. She'd been grinding the tag team battles with a friend for burst points, and plus he was a lower level, so her point bank wouldn't be harmed so much. This whole thing had been planned just to try it battling the legendary Silver Crow first ever flying attribute avatar. With a war cry, both lunge for one another. Harayuki-kun, did you just accelerate? He looked up to his parents, still dazed from the recent battle. Yes, I was challenged by a user named Olive Sharp. He replied back. Koroyuke-hime nodded and took a sip from her tea. They were at a cafe not far from their school from which they were released from not long ago. Haru looked at the virtual clock in the room. He had battled that user in two seconds, about twenty minutes in burst link time. Was it obvious? he asked her. People burst, they tend to have a blank expression, and you tend to sigh after bursting out. She said, always calm tone. Today her hair had a headband on top of it, right before her cascading bands. It was red. So to stand out from her midnight-coloured hair, she reminded Haru of Snow White, and how she had white skin of snow, hair as black as night, and lips red as blood. Karu Yukihime took her purple and black cable out of her bag, connected it to her neurolinker, and connected the other end to Haru's own, knowing it wouldn't decline direct linking. How was the battle from her profile? Olive Blade was a close combat type like you, Emma. Level higher, she said through her mind. Haru took a sip from his soda and smiled. He loved telling his senpai of his battles. He usually gave him tips and small praises, which helped boost his self-confidence. It went good, a little standoff at the end. He told her how he only had 33% of his health before he activated his overdrive, and was able to lower his opponent's health to the same. Then it was a decisive battle from there, which he won. As Olive Sharp thrust her sword forward, he jumped, straightened his body, and charged her like a bull. 
Luckily, he got, also got a critical hit, or else she would have been left with 2% of health and given another chance of weaning. Koryuki Hime nodded, her elbows on the table, head in her hands. She had a glint of admiration in her copper eyes. Her cheeks flushed slightly. She looked down to his hands, but she prouded him for defeating another higher-level user. He felt a cold hand take his own away from the soda cup and held it. Her hands were always cold and soft. But I want you not to depend on your flight ability so much. It may be rare and useful, but what if she finished you off before the overdrive bar filled? That's what Olive Sharp was trying to do. But since you've been practicing your defense, you are fine. She said through her direct link. He took in this info and nodded. She was right, like a parent should be. He was deep in thought before he realized they were still holding hands. Her hand had warmed from his. Karoyuki Hime didn't seem to want to let go since she was acting normal, sipping her tea and continuing her lecture. It was awkward and embarrassing for him. Not embarrassing that he was ashamed to be holding her hand, but that they made an unusual pair. He was like a pig, fat and sweaty. Pigs don't sweat. She was like a butterfly. Gorgeous. Elegant. He also wasn't used to close contact like this with a girl. Chiru sort of counted now a days, but also his mother was usually busy working or dating. Most girls looked him and turned around right after. But she openly made physical contact with him, holding his hand, putting an arm around his neck, placing a hand on his shoulder, even caressing his face. It was all new to him and almost alien. He never knew what to do in such situation. Would you like to share a parfait, Haruyuke-kun? Her velvety voice asked him. She smiled almost shyly. Haru was dumbstruck for a moment, then finally found the courage to nod his head. But you only get 33% of it, she winked at him. What? what? That's not fair! The end. <clears throat> well, certainly was a bevy of tales from Excel Saga, which is about all you're going to get in America for quite some time. Unless maybe that PS3 game gets ported over. Or those OVAs. Yep, way to end the show. I'm so glad that Dragon Ball Z had multiple episodes. It's not like Excel Saga wasn't unlike other animes. They had two episodes of filler. At any way, I liked about that last story is that they shared a parfait. There's always time for chocolate parfait. And of course, you can also remember to email us at thepitpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook at Pretentious Internet Theatre. Follow us on Twitter at The Pit Podcast. And always remember that there is much drama on the internet, but only the best makes pretentious internet theatre. Good night and the pleasure was all yours. Burst out.